welcome back to another episode of Candidly with Coffee. Welcome back. We are back in the pod. Yes, we are. Happy Monday. Happy Monday. I mean, I hate Mondays, but... It's ugly outside, but it's as happy happy as you can be. And guess what? We have more questions. The questions, huh? I have polled the audience once again, and man, the questions. I haven't even looked at all of them, but let me tell you, if you're going to listen to this episode, you're going to get some juice. Piping hot tea. So I'm going to be some uh, something deep, huh? Are you ready? Personal. All right, let's do it. So let me take a look. Um, other than that, before we get into the questions, how was um, how was the weekend for you? Good. Good weather. <clears throat> what what did we do? Saturday, I went to the gym. Oh, we went to. Oh, we had a really good burger. Oh. For our local that's, listeners, that's it right. was good. It was a little messy though. It was good. Hella good burger Hella in good burger. San Pedro Square. Yes. So we I liked did that. It. I would recommend it. I would have it again. Yeah, me too. It was a it was good, good burger, good bun, good meat. Mm-hmm. That's the first time I've had red meat in a long time. Well, good for you. I haven't been reading, um, eating red meat. I haven't been eating. I mean, to be honest, I don't like, I don't love protein. <laughs> So hmm. it's hard for me, but I get my protein in with chicken and ground turkey and stuff like that. But I've been having a lot of falafel. Yeah. Have you noticed that? You're going to transition and turn into a vegan on me? No, hmm. it's just too hard. It's just, I, you know, listen, this is how like I feel about options. vegans. I, I've had <clears throat> my, tip my hat to the vegans. Yes. You know, especially vegans that are fitness conscious, health conscious, because it's difficult to be fit and get your protein in and, and be vegan. And especially if they're doing it for like morality reasons and the love of animals, I think that's amazing. Like, I think that's amazing sacrifice that you're making for what you're passionate about. So mm-hmm. I, I do not have any ill will towards uh, vegans. I, I think they're, it's amazing that they can do it. No, nah, the only ill will I have towards vegans, vegetarian vegans, and they ain't really no ill will. My only beef with them is, when they try to push their ideology onto us, onto people who eat meat. Yeah, like, I don't need the comment. Listen, I don't need the comments like, oh, you know, like, all those, you know, all those slaughtered animals you're eating. You know, those, the animals had to suffer for that burger. Like, I hate when people make kind of comments Stop. Yeah, like don't that. make me feel guilty. I'm a human and I need to feed my vessel and I'm hungry and I want to yeah, eat what like, I want. It's, it's my good, choice. It's great. You know, like yes. I said, I'm, I'm impressed. I, I think it's pretty amazing when yeah. someone has a love so deep for animals because mm-hmm. I love animals, but I can't do it. You know, at this time, never say never, never say never. But as of right now, no. And so I think it's amazing that you can, but don't judge people who can't. I got a funny little thing while we're on this topic. I'm listening to a podcast, Joe Rogan, probably my favorite podcast out there. And there's a guest on there, Will Harris. He's saying uh, he's on dating apps because he's 40 years old. He travels a lot, you know, for business, for what he does for his business. <clears throat> and he's like, uh, they started talking about like, what's it like to be on the dating apps? And he said, uh, man, he goes, I'm going to tell you a story about dating vegans. He tried twice. He goes, man, they won't date you if you're a meat eater. He tried to be sneaky. They tried to like, he went to a buffet like the night before he ate some whatever, vegetarian food, vegan. Next day, he says there's a buffet, and he tried to, like, say, oh, I'll be back. I'm going to go grab some fruit. He said he, he saw some bacon, and he grabbed a strip, and as soon as he put it in his mouth to eat it, she was right there behind him like a weirdo, like, watching his every move. He said, I'm sorry. I just craving it. I miss it. That's interesting. But he says, and he started to realize, like, you know what? This ain't me. And, and you shouldn't pretend you're something you're not. I agree. I dated a vegetarian, vegan, whatever. I, don't, I always get confused with that the two. That was going to be my next question. I did. Yeah? How was that? It, interesting. Was, was she vegetarian or vegan? There's a difference. She didn't eat meat at all. Nothing. Okay, but did no she eggs. eat animal products? No. I vegan don't think is so. no animal products. I think she was a vegan then. Vegetarian. <clears throat> we went to sushi. Like... I remember. I forgot what the hell she ordered, but it wasn't nothing with meat on it. So. And how what was it difficult to be like? Because you had to be, you know, the restaurants you went to, and was it challenging? And did she judge you for eating meat? Did she no. try to lecture you? No, she didn't. I didn't get judged actually. Not at all. Here's my other question. What was her reasoning for it? I don't know. Man, you, da- you obviously didn't like. I don't know. I didn't ask. <laughs> I don't know. I don't get, get that deep, with deep this. in why you eat this. I, don't, I didn't at the time. I know, but like you're <clears throat> dating that you'd think mm-hmm. that that's a topic of conversation. You never talked about it? No. Nah, never brought it up. <laughs> Jeez. I could care, you know. 
You could care less? Yeah, I mean, that's what they want to eat. That's what they want to eat. I know. I'd be Don't curious. Don't push ideologies on me. I'm going to push mine on you. That's how, that's how I operate. I know. Pushing it is different than generally being curious because it's your partner or someone you've been, someone you're dating. Mm, it wasn't all that serious. Okay. Well, I'm curious. I would be curious. I, I mean, that'd be like a first date question, in my opinion. Like, if I went on a date with you and you told me you were vegan, I would ask why, for mm-hmm. sure. Just out of curiosity, yeah. I guess. Yeah. I didn't care. I don't know. Didn't ask. But, um, okay. Let's see. Let's get into some questions. Oh, that's interesting. What was... Interesting. I'll ask this you. ain't all for me, though. Some it's for, for both me. of us. Okay. We'll both answer. All so right. for you, what was your worst day ever? Like the worst day of your life? Worst day? Yeah. What's been like what you would say is the worst day of your life so far? Damn. That's the worst day of my life? Yeah. What well, felt at the time walking into a fucking prison. <laughs> really? Yeah. That was something... That's the worst day of your life out of everything. I I, I can't. I don't okay, know. I mean that's a good. That's I can't. Good. So I mean, that's a, a traumatic day yeah. to walk into a fucking federal prison in your life. Yes, it's pretty bad. Yeah, no, it's I would pretty say bad. That's a I good don't think answer. people fathom that. I don't think you do because you've never been. But it's it's a scary thing. No, it's to not. Walk into it. You're gonna go do time in that prison, and I'm in the parking lot staring at it. Like fuck, my life's about to change. Like completely. Yeah. You can't even fathom it. I can't explain to you how different it is to go live with. Grown other criminals, hundreds of them, and get along with them. It's, just, yeah. it's a mind fuck. Oh, I'm sure. So I'm sure. Okay, for me, definitely when my when my mom passed away, for sure, for sure. And just when you think that's a that, good one. Even when you think that you can't, you're going to be prepared for it because you know it's coming. You know, each day you know it's coming. There's still nothing that quite prepares you for the moment that it happens yeah. and then it's done. Yeah. It is. I, I don't know why I didn't even bother to think about that. That's probably one me too, because I was close to my mother, and that was heartbreaking. It's just yeah, for me, a hundred percent, hands down. That has been. There's the a worst. lot of events I could go on and on. Well, that sounds great. I mean, of course, you have a that's, lot of worst days ever. I mean, of course, but the yeah, worst day yeah, ever I, is that's the one that came to the top of my head. Me personally, yeah, you're not judged for your answer. Yeah. That's your answer. That's what came to you. Okay, here's a good one. Have you guys ever came close to calling it quits on your marriage? And if so, what did you do to get it back on track? You, you want me to that. answer first? No, you yeah. answer that. Go ahead. No, not, mar- not marriage. I'll, I'll be honest. I've never been close to calling it quit. I, I never have even contemplated or it crossed my mind, divorce or anything like that. I don't want you to make, I don't want to make it seem like, oh my gosh, we're perfect. We've never... But mm-hmm. our relationship when we were together before we got married, absolutely. There were several times for me that I was close to calling it quits. I mean, I'll give you like a, a, a Cliff Notes version. You were single for a long time. Yep. And it, you had a very hard time transitioning from dating to in a committed relationship. And you, your lines were blurry too yeah. often for my liking. Yeah. And so during some of those times over the first three years of our relationship, several times I definitely mm. called it quits. And you know what? I, I almost wanted to call it quits internally. I don't, I don't even never, uh, I'm an Aquarius. So see, Aquarius is they process things mentally so they don't necessarily communicate things until they're done. So I never threatened breaking up with you or anything like that. Yep. It was an internal thing for me. But... It just goes to show you that your relationship doesn't have to be perfect. And, and sometimes people throw in the towel too quickly. Because if I would have thrown in the towel, then we wouldn't be where we are today. And you definitely changed. Yes, I evolved. So people can change. Yes. That's, that goes to show you people can change. But I can definitely say our relationship isn't perfect. But I've never, during our marriage, no, it's been, you know, it's pretty been pretty smooth in terms of trust issues and yeah, things like that. We're gonna bump heads along the way. And listen, I, I I can concur with that. She's right. I was it was hard transition for sure. I had no I had keys to do whatever I wanted for a long time to answer nobody. And that included dating. I'd answer nobody. Yeah, so I mean I just think that it took you it took you longer. I'm definitely not that same guy. You know that from back then to now. 
Yeah, you're definitely not. And it wasn't, I want to clarify, it wasn't infidelity. It just, to me, was disrespect. There was times where there was disrespect or dishonesty. Infidelity, I probably would have pulled the plug personally. But again, do I feel that relationships can survive infidelity? Yeah, I do. Mm-hmm. I actually do Yep. think that they can. It depends on the circumstances. Yeah. Um, so it's yeah. definitely, I don't feel like it's black and white for sure. But um, it's either going to make you or break you. Yeah, sometimes it makes people closer. Sometimes if you, coming to the brink of losing something makes you realize like you don't want to lose it. Yeah, you taught me that. Because you know? I could, I could, re- my rebellious old self would have been, man, fuck her then. I'm out. I'll go yeah. fucking date 20 chicks and no one's going to tell me shit to do whatever I want. That used to be the old me. But I knew I had, I couldn't lose you. You're a special woman. This is a woman I want to spend my life with. It took me a minute to realize that, but. I wasn't sure at first, you know, you're coming out of a door, so I'm single, I'm, I'm, I'm learning the way, you got two kids, it's, it's, it's a little different for me too, you yeah, know? Yeah, you know what, I cut was... you slack because of that. <clears throat> you did. That's why I gave you like that time, because you just had a hard time transitioning from, because we dated for a long time. Mm-hmm. To, and I still was contact with other women. And I and... gave you a, like an adjustment period. I wrote off a lot of the things that you did is like, because you needed more, you know, kind of time to get used to it. I was, I'm a relationship girl. Like I, I haven't had a lot of, you know, I, I came off a 15 year marriage. So like, I'm not, I was fine just being committed because that's normal for me. So we, I think we had a two different versions in the beginning. I think I thought, okay, I'm going to hang out with this. We're going to have fun, do our thing, party. This is not going to turn into nothing. Right. The reason I is, felt that too. You, you, yeah, you, you were coming out of a fucking divorce. Yeah. I don't blame you. 15 well, years. Well, the, the cause, funny cause, thing is the next question kind of goes right next to it's go for smooth it. transition here. It says, how did you feel? This is for you. How did you feel getting into a relationship with Janine having kids since you didn't have any? Was it easy? I mean, I know she's hot, but you know what I mean. <laughs> LOL. Um, you know. I had experience, so she wasn't my first. My ex before her, that relationship, had two kids. So I was kind of, I kind of had a, an idea what it's like to live with someone with two kids. Now, was it? I, I'm gonna be if I could keep it a hundred a buck. Was it ideal? Something I wanted? Fuck no. I did not. And nothing against her. I did not want a woman with kids ever again. I wanted my own family one day, maybe. But but you can't help who you fall in love with. Mm-hmm. When you date someone in the 30s, chances are you're going to meet someone with kids or been previously married. And I don't want to judge her for that. That's not. She had a life before me. You can't help who you fall for. And part of that, kids come with the package. Yes. Yeah, so the funny thing is, so much for the list because you were you said like on your list was absolutely I was, not. I would date one with kids, but I would not commit 100. No. <laughs> So, so, so let me go back when I was single. Yes. Did I date one with kids for sure? But I wasn't like shacked up with them and I didn't get close to their kids. I always kept a, a line or a barrier there. I didn't want, yeah. you know, yeah, I didn't that's... want that. And, and listen, Hey, if any guys are listening and women, that's okay. You go with what you want in life. This is your journey. Your yeah. Life. It's okay to have those, you know, boundaries. Yeah. Sorry guys. Phoebe's a little high fee today, but we're just ignoring her because you know, that training, she can't come out of her crate just because we're busy. We just put her in another room so we can't hear. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, it's okay to have the boundaries. Yeah. You know, that's that's your prerogative. I remember you asking me one time. And I'm like, going to tell you why, though. Let me let me just backtrack. Okay. Well, I didn't want to. Nothing against my ex and her kids. Nothing nothing was bad there. But it's, it's a single dude with no kids. <clears throat> I got to put up with your ex. Maybe he might have issues with you. Maybe he might have drama. Now I got to step in. And, you know, he had... Her ex ran her mouth in the beginning. Like we almost went to blows, but he didn't want to see me. You know what I'm saying? So that's another thing. When you get with chicks with kids, and you got to do with their ex baby dad, your ex husband. Well, that's because we got together. It was so, you were the first person I dated, and it was still very fresh. In his defense, it was huh. a very very fresh divorce at the time. Yeah. When we started dating, so we, him and I were still, you know, like the if you've been through a divorce, you know this. But I'm not talking about your ex. We never had no issues. I'm talking oh, about my ex. Because I thought you were talking about no, 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 my no. Ex. My my ex is her so ex. Like, we didn't have. He, he had some. Have, no, he was barking in the beginning and oh, saying some shit. Your, like, oh, I was like, we, we didn't go. have like drama. Nah, it, our divorce was very fresh, so there was like a lot of fresh feelings there and like wounds, but no, no. I'm not but talking we about didn't like, have like a drama that no, no, way no, no, no. between you and him. I'm talking about my experience from before. Oh, gotcha. And that's why I didn't want to really get with women with kids and fuck their baby dad or ex-husband. And sometimes it's uncomfortable. They don't make it comfortable yeah. for the new dude. And, and, and again, I don't want to be 
getting into blows on anyone's exes and they have kids with this person. Just it gets messy. You know what <laughs> you I'm know saying? What the, the funny thing is, is I had that was on my list too. By the way, I did not want someone with kids, and that's a how what a hypocrite, right? Because I had Big time. kids. I didn't want my kids to have to feel like I know what you mean. They though. had all of you know these kids they had to get along with all of a sudden. I didn't want to deal with a baby mama drama because we know. Baby oh, mamas, the worst. They have a bad rap. Yeah. So yeah, I had that on my list. I remember I told you that, and you laughed, thinking like, "How dare you? You have kids." I'm like, "So I'm you entitled to have my own sought, boundaries." You sought me out, man. A single dude, you, you zero in on. Oh, you have no kids. I'm gonna zero in on that dude. It's just that I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. That I'm was joking. and like I said, everyone has the right to have. Just because I had kids doesn't mean that I was okay with someone else with kids. I didn't want. I wasn't looking for a ready made family. A Brady bunch. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Or yeah. the Kardashians. Yes. You know, blended families and all this shit. No. It gets messy. I was not looking for that. My kids had a dad. They had... They, I wasn't looking for a baby daddy either. So none of that. Yeah. The funny thing is, is this next question kind of uh, goes right into that. It says, for me, it's a question is to me, how long did you wait to introduce your children to Mike after dating him? I waited. A, we waited like six or seven months. Yeah. I... Was um, it fast? That I was not interested in introducing people that I was dating to my kids. Yeah. The only, well, we waited until not only we were dating for a long period of time, we were in a committed relationship. And only after that did I introduce you to them. So that's really good advice for any women listening. Take it from me when I was single. If she would have tried to like introduce me to kids within the first few weeks of dating, that red flag, I would have been out like, whoa, 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 whoa. What are we doing here? I barely know you. Why are you introduce me to your kids? This is a bad sign. Because I might not stick around. You don't want to be introducing your kids to different men. Right? Yeah. No. Those, you know, so. I'd like to say for the record, <laughs> I dated a little bit during my divorce, right? In the early days. I never, my kids have met you and you only. No other men. I remember I dated somebody who had kids. And I was like, ugh. <laughs> I was not happy about that. And he literally wanted like, oh, we should go like on the boat and have all our kids there. Oh, like he boy. very early on mentioned like, I was like, whoa, yeah, no. See? Like absolutely not. Not interested in that. You yeah. know what I mean? I'm sure my kids appreciate that now. Yeah. I was older. never, and not even, even you, like once I did introduce them, I didn't force you guys on each other. No. You know what I mean? I never I tried to play daddy like to them either. To be like <clears throat> some like perfect family with a Christmas card. With fa- it came naturally over time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I didn't force any kind of like family unit no. because I still felt like that the kids had their dad. Very, he was very present. They had me. We we had fifty fifty custody, so we spent most of our time on the time that I didn't have them, and it came over time like our family unit. Yeah. True. Right? And you developed a relationship with them in your t- in your own yeah. time. Yeah. Nothing forced. Like again, I wasn't trying to step in the role of their father. That's that's where some guys fuck up bad. Like they come in and think they're super dad like dude, those are not your kids. It's okay to be supportive of the woman you're with and and be a good friend, but you're not the you're not the father. Yeah. That's one I, thing if if you raise them when they're little, like say you I met you and you had Alyssa when she was one and Tyler was three yeah. or four. And then the father was absent and I raised them all the way to Yeah, if he was absent. Then they I'm would probably look at me more as a father figure. about like, you know, I've always been kind of like, well, my kids are very respectful, but I've always had a boundary up to where ultimately I, I wanted to do, be the one communicating the discipline or whatever. Like I did not want you in that role because I know it's a delicate role. It's a fine line. And then relationships can get tarnished mm-hmm. when you are, when somebody, when you are a woman who allows the new man in your life to have too much say over your parenting, the kids, the discipline, the rules, it's a fine line. I've seen that go south. Yeah. And I've never, I want, always wanted you guys, your relationship to be preserved. So that's my job. I take responsibility of doing that. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You do. That's better that way because, like you said, it might come out the wrong way. Yeah, and then the you, heat of the moment. Yeah, exactly. And then it's you don't forget. People don't forget. Mm-hmm. You know, no, kids they don't forget. You think they get older. Kid, you think they're kids and they forget and blah they blah. They don't. Uh. Uh-uh, it comes back. What happens is 
through their adult brain, they process the memories and they have, then they'll have, that's when they have resentment and issues kind of develop. Yep. Did you guys ever think about having a baby? We did. We did. It, yeah. We we tried, but it didn't work out for us. You know, I'm no spring chicken. <laughs> yeah, you know. Just, I am no it, spring chicken, and it didn't work out for us. Um, I was already 40 when we started trying. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's like we just met late in life. Yeah. And that's okay. You know, you got two adult kids. We got dogs. You are a dog dad. Dog and you're a stepdad. Huh? And you're going to be a grandpa. <laughs> One I always day. tell you, like your kid, my you, my our grandkids, the kids' kids, they won't know any. They won't feel any different towards you. You will be grandpa. They won't, because I'll because you'll around. be there from the beginning. <clears throat> you and me would be the same. But you're a dog dad too. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. It just wasn't in the in the cards. You I have guess. to think like some things. There's a reason. I know. I I just think there's a. You can't force things because sometimes there's a reason that they didn't happen a certain way or whatever. Yeah. Part of me sometimes wonders what it would have been like, you know? Yeah. But that's life. Well, yeah, there's still time for you. Nah, it's life. I'm good. It's true that, you know what the the thing is? A lot of women start to get insecure because you're 40, what, 47? You could easily start over and have a wife that's in her early 30s that could still have babies. That does happen. Sometimes that does happen. You know, guys have a second life and they do that. I mean, it's true. Let's speak the truth. Damn, it's possible. It is absolutely possible. Yeah. After taking care of your two nieces, though. <laughs> <laughs> that's the ultimate birth control. Yeah. That's the people oh, sh- sorry, young people. But it young is. people should take care of. Uh, they should learn. Take if care, you see think, if they, let you me want. tell you, I feel like it's harder. I'm glad I had my kids when I was young because I feel like it's harder now. Like, I don't know. I think it would be harder now for me to have babies and stuff like that. I mean, at this age, baby, that's rough on the body. I wouldn't put you, try to push you through that. Honestly. No, but even just like, not even the pregnancy. I'm talking about like <clears throat> chasing toddlers and like Disneyland and the Dude. kids' birthday parties and the, yeah. the bouncy houses and stuff. You Doctor know? visits. Always sick. Always this. Ballet always that. and dance and baseball and soccer. Kids and... are a huge investment. People don't look at it like that. It's a lot. It is a lot. It's it's a lot, and I did I did all of it. You did. I'm just saying, like two times. If not it, once. you know, if it would have worked out for us right now, I'd be doing it all again, and I'd be freaking tired. With the dogs running your business, I mean, yeah, it would be very hard. Yes. Um. Okay. Next question: Is your ex remarried? He is. He. The interesting thing is, we both got into serious relationships relatively at the same time and relatively quickly after our divorce, and we're still in those relationships he's married and he had a he had a child so tyler and Alyssa have a half sibling who's i think he's five almost six mm-hmm. um sure his age so yeah he's remarried and um has everybody's amicable and cordial oh yeah no we, drama we never had any drama thank god no that was that was an easy smooth transition because like i said i've dated women before with X is this, X is that, baby daddies, and man, fucking headaches. I'm no. like, dude, I don't Let want Let me just say, I, I my pride myself. I was no baby mama drama. No. I was not. I could, I could attest to that you were not. I do not. <laughs> I did not cause anybody any baby mama drama. <laughs> I am a baby mama, but not the drama. Mm. Um, because I just, I can't stand that. When I Mm-mm. see people like acting out or making their lives miserable or using the kids as a pawn, like it, it disgusts yeah, me. Honestly, that's the worst right there. When exes use kids as a pawn, that's bad. <clears throat> okay, next question: What made you decide to go black hair from blonde? Both look great. You know what? I'm a strange person in that I can be like a creature of habit, and like for years I can do something, and then one day I just get like a bug up my butt and then I just switch gears and that's what I did like one day literally I, I never even talked to you about that what made you do that that's a good question honestly I don't know I just like I I felt like I went through this period of time right after I, it has to do with my divorce or like my transition like I went through a period of time where I I like it was kind of like closing the chapter on that part of my life like like the married with my when my kids were little 
and all of that. And I just decided, I just wanted to change. And it kind of now signifies like the beginning of like my second part of my life, which was my now this marriage and all that. I don't know. That wasn't the reason. I just literally woke up one day. I'm like, you know what? I think I need to go. I need to change my hair. And I just had like this epiphany and that was it. And I never thought about ever going back. I didn't even ask you that. Did I ever ask you that? Why? No. What made you? No, I don't, I I don't know what made me. I literally don't know. I just decided that I wanted to go. To, I have no idea, actually. Yeah. But I'm glad I did now because now it's like a significant, it's like a very easy, like, you can tell now which part of my life was in my like second phase of my life and then which part was the first because my blonde years and then my brunette Almost years. Like I started two different out, people. I started out brown and then I just, I remember telling my hairdresser, I just want it black like my soul, like jet black. Hmm. So it, it started out kind of like a dark brown and then jet black. But I feel like it, I just felt, and then as soon as I did it and I looked in the mirror, it felt right. Like, I'm like, yeah, this is right. Like, it felt like me. Like it's natural to you. Yeah, it just felt, it felt like me. And you ain't destroying your hair no more by, by uh, what you call it, dyeing it blonde? Not bad for you? Yeah, it was, yeah. You're- it's healthier now, for sure. Less maintenance, less upkeep, healthier. And I just feel like it looks better. I like it. It looks better. If I could choose it too, I like that dark. You like the dark? Yes. See, I had no idea, and you never told me Because it looks more, it looks more... Like you said, not that you're an evil person, but it looks more, you know, dark. Yeah. Like, I don't know how to explain it. Yeah. Like, you have a little bit of a different edge. An edge. I feel like it's a little more edgy. Yeah. And I like that because it, that's my personality. Yeah. I feel like it matches my personality. You got to go with your personality, yes. It's just more of who I am. That's why I said, like, I did it and I looked in the mirror and I didn't get, like, ner- like you know, if you do a big change like that, which that was a huge change. Sometimes it's scary at first and it takes you a while to get used to it. I didn't feel that at all. I looked in the mirror and immediately loved it. And it inspired me to make a lot of other changes. I got my boobs redone. I went into fitness. I, it, that was like the... That's why you went brown first before That you was the catalyst of like making a lot of other changes. I got some new tattoos, like large tattoos. And I, it just kind of triggered a big transition time for me. Okay, next question is, what's your dream car? Your dream car. My dream car? Yeah. Probably a 69 Camaro. And I have a backstory behind that. But we'll let us know. Well, as a kid, I used to play basketball at the rec center. It was about a block from my house. And uh, there used to be these dudes that pulled up. It's older dudes, these older cats. And they'd always pull up in classic Camaros. They were ballers, though. They'd pull up, and I remember as a little kid, I loved the way it sounded, the way they looked, and I just be like, watch, when I grew up, I'm going to have me one of these one day. I always, and I, I don't know what, as a little kid, I, I, you forget about it as an adult, and then I got back into muscle cars as an adult as I got older, and I was like, damn, I really love Camaros. And I bought a Camaro. Good for you. you That's know? good. But it's, it's all stems from childhood. And not to get off topic, I was watching this thing, uh, there's a show on, on the, in Netflix called Midnight in Asia or something like that. It's very interesting because I like to learn about all the cultures. I'm on this new thing. And and this dude's driving around Tokyo, Japan, and he's in a lit up Lamborghini, green, done up. And he's telling the backstory, like, they asked him, why this? He goes, ever since I was a kid, I saw these and fell in love. And I told myself, I'm going to work really hard and I'm going to get my dream car. And I'm like, damn, that's really cool. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah. It's like, man, literally you visualized it, you make it happen. Yeah. The question is, didn't ask me, but I'm going to answer anyways. The G-Wagon is on my dream car list. Uh-huh. A G-Wagon, but like fixed up, chunky tires, done yeah. right G-Wagon. Yeah. And then also a, a California Ferrari. Hmm. I want like a very sporty car, either like a California Ferrari or like a Porsche. I want like a sports car sometime before um, I leave this earth. Positive. All right, the next question is, what made you get a new dog so quickly after Karma died? Do you feel that was too soon? No judgment. Interesting. You know, um, I think everybody grieves differently. And getting the dog, getting Phoebe 
takes away nothing from karma. It doesn't nope. affect her. It doesn't impact her. She's gone. What it does affect is it helps me live without her a little easier. So it doesn't impact her. It impacts me by helping me. Not everybody is like that. Um, I feel like a lot of people feel that like they would feel guilty or they're replacing. Remember, you suffering longer in your grief doesn't help the wh- whoever left or wh- whatever left they're or gone. whatever. They're gone. There's no coming back. And there, it doesn't, it doesn't impact them in any way. No. But I do feel everyone's different. Everybody mm-hmm. grieves differently, yes. and sometimes I think for others they can't open their heart to another dog so quickly i knew and know that that's how i function yes i know because i've lost pets before and it helps me to heal um and had it did help i i literally it not only helped me heal from karma's death it helped me heal it's helping me just heal with life in general it, it brought back a little more joy into my life because i i'm telling you like there's a lot of loss since my mom passed in december I didn't feel that like a little light, that joy in your, my heart. I had, it went out. It was out. I had no joy in my heart. I just hadn't felt it until I held Phoebe for the first time. That was the, it like sparked my joy back. And even though life is still hard, I'm still grieving over lots of things. Um, yep. Phoebe like lit the flame for me. Gives you like a new purpose, huh? Yeah. You're like a new mom all over again. New dog mom. You're bonding with her and it's cute. It's cute. You're learning. You're teaching. But it doesn't make it just. So that's why I did it because it helps me. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and I, you know, do I sometimes you have like a little bit in the back of your head like that guilt? Um, a little bit. Sometimes you think like you feel it, but then you kind of like talk yourself out of it. And yeah, yeah, that's why I did. I did it because it needed I needed help. <laughs> I yeah. need to help. Yeah. Same thing. I knew I knew losing Diesel that I wasn't. Some people were like, that's it. I'll never get another dog and you can handle this. But I knew I'd have another dog. Yeah. I too jumped quickly to another dog. And again, it helps with the healing process. Bonding, I guess. You know, with the new animal while you're going through that. It was tough at first. I did have guilt too because nothing's ever going to replace Diesel. I'm 14 years with him. It's a big part of my life. Part of our life. Yeah. And I still... um I mean, I miss Karma and Diesel. I miss them every day. I cry yeah. for Karma still. Oh, yeah. You know? I'll get cheered um, up right now if I start thinking about it. it it's it's <clears throat> tough. Just as tough. Life is tra- traumatizing sometimes. I have another question was, how is the grief process going with with my mom? And, like, is that evolving? You know what it is? It's still hard. Like, I just feel like just, it, again, it's like I just live my life with the, broken heart you just kind of like learn to live with a broken heart but it's uh learning to walk with a limp kind of thing but i do feel that it's easier in that i feel her presence more than i did when she first died when she first died i felt nothing i was so like i was kind of like deflated about what afterlife was about and stuff i just thought it was all bullshit I really did because I felt nothing and I thought this is ridiculous. Like my mom and I, we were so into like the afterlife and spirits and we believed in it so much. So if we believed in it so much and she's gone, she would know how important it is for her to come back to me because she knows how in tune we were with that. So I felt really like defeated when she didn't and I just felt like she was gone. But then now I feel her presence more and I feel differently about it. So it's easier. Yeah. Now you believe. Yeah. That she's somewhere out there. Yeah. The energy's floating around. Yeah, I do. I feel it's ironically, I've smelled her several times in the past couple of weeks. Very strong, significant smell. Like to me, that means like she's present because my mom had a very distinct smell. And it doesn't even smell like my mom anymore at my dad's house. So it's not like, oh, maybe I have an article from my dad's house or what. No, it doesn't smell like her there anymore. I don't. I, I haven't smelled her there, but I smell her in my car. Several times I've smelled her in my car, 
and I smelled her at Target. So the grief process, it's it's going. I think that, to be honest, I, I feel like I handled my grief well. I feel like I'm handling it as healthy as I can, but it's hard. And, you know, life life still goes on and there's still more stuff that we have to deal with and just stuff going on in my life that is difficult. And so I'm just learning. I'm, I think I'm getting better and better about at functioning through hardships. Yeah. And that's the thing I mean, you talk about as we're getting older. We're going to see a lot of different things going on in our life. Yeah, so friends, you have to learn. Family, they're not gonna longer going to be with us you know, in the future. It's crazy to think that way, but that's the truth. Yeah, and I think, you know, there was time in my life when anytime anything was going on, my whole life would shut down. And I would just immerse myself in whatever what was going on, and that's all I, I would do. And I'm getting better, and I'm working on it, getting better on not shutting my whole life down, like compartmentalizing the situations and dealing with them, not ignoring them, but still not like ignoring the rest of my life. I'm doing, I'm doing my best. Yeah. So all you can do is do your best. There's yeah. no playbook for none of this. Well, then we're not taught as humans. There's no playbook to deal with emotions. When a, a parent dies, a kid dies, a family member, I mean, a sibling dies. I mean, there's no playbook for it. It's nothing. We all de- deal with it differently. Some people, they get crushed by death. They turn to the bottle and pills and drugs and go deep down a deeper hole. But that does you no good. It's hard to come out of that. I know. I submerge myself in training. Yeah, that's what I I Keep what I, I made a promise to myself, no matter how crazy my life gets or whatever happens that's going to take occupy my time, that I do not give up the guaranteed thing that makes me feel better. <clears throat> Sorry. And that is my fitness. Fitness. A lot get at least, you know, five to six hours a week of my time needs to be spent on fitness regardless of anything else that's going on. Yes. That that's a non-negotiable no, because non-negotiable. that is what's going to help me get through whatever else is going on. That is truly going to help me. And, and, and why we're on fitness real quick. I want to say this fitness is fucking powerful for the mind. Holy shit. Let me tell you, it, you helped me after my dark moment when I went dark and came out of my, you know, attempt to suicide, whatever. Fitness was one of the things that kind of brought me back to life. Other than reading, fitness was another one that brought me back, my brain back, my my mental state back. Made me feel strong again, you know? Fitness is powerful. Think about it. You make your strong mind, your body will follow. Fitness is powerful, man. I can't believe, it's like, you know, some people have to go to church. It's a non-negotiable, whether it's Saturday and Sunday, whether it's six days a week, five days a week. That's how it is for us. Gym is, is our church. It's our life. We yeah. met in the gym, so we met. You yeah, know, so know. it's our life. It is, and it's helped me a lot. And not only my the gym, but just in general, my healthy lifestyle. I'm just yes. It's it's a non negotiable for me, and I think more people need to make it a non negotiable. Non negotiable. Don't give yourself an excuse it for now. It should be a non negotiable because if it's only gonna be when it's convenient for you, when your life is going good and you're organized and you're on top of everything, then okay, cool. And then I'm gonna be healthy. Then it's never gonna be a a long-term commitment because that's just not the way life operates. Life is full of stress, good times, bad times, sad times, hard times. Your healthy lifestyle, your fitness, your nutrition, just your self-care. Self-care, yep, very important. Is should be a non-negotiable. And until you are willing to make it a non-negotiable, it's never going to be a, a like a consistent part of your life. Yeah, and you have to find... What you love in fitness, do you love lifting weights? Do you love aerobics? Do you love cardio? Do you love kickboxing? It's a lot of, there's so many different variables you could train. You don't have to be stuck doing one thing, you know? I mix mine up, weight train, kick, Muay Thai, cardio. You know, we mix it up so I don't get bored. Um, okay, here's one for you. Mike, can you tell us more about your mental health crisis and what led you down the dark path? Oof. And if you guys have our new listeners, just to give you a heads up, we did do an entire episode on Mike's um, mental health crisis that it took place in August of 2019. Mm-hmm. We probably did 
you know, it was probably sometime in, in 2020 where we did an episode on it. So yeah. it's definitely still there. Yeah. If you want to go back and listen to it, but you want to give a, a summary or any. Yeah. I mean, there's, a, you know, we all have trauma. And I think something changed inside of me when I hit, what was I, 44? Yeah, it was three years ago. M- mentally something. August was three years. Men- mentally something changed. I never really, that you know that I suffer from mental health before? Because I never felt like I did. Maybe I have and didn't address it. I, I don't know. Um, just, just different. Yeah. I mean, I think that you've always kind of struggled. I think that you, um, it, but it was different. I yeah. think what it was, you know what it is? Like, I'd like to just put it out there that, you know, how they, pe- uh, that people talk about women, women and menopause and hormones and postpartum depression or depression during menopause. That's all true and great. But the sad thing is men go through the same thing with their hormones yes. where they have a significant change in their hormones and it impacts them mentally as well. Yep. But it's not as commonly talked about. No. And I think because of that, a lot of that's why there's more a higher rate of suicide in men. By because far. Because it's not it's not cool to talk about nope. a mental health crisis nope. or depression or low testosterone or whatever happens for men. So they bottle it it's up. Em- it's embarrassing. Yeah. You can't get hard ons, low testosterone. Guys don't talk about that stuff because they feel embarrassed less of a man. Uh, trust me. I would love to feel like my tw- my 20s or older though. So you have to adapt. So somewhere along the line, I don't know where my mind took a turn or what the fuck happened, but I also played around with Xanax. That's another big reason why. Here's the question I have real quick. So yeah, you- did the did you feel down and that caused you to turn to the Xanax or did you turn to the Xanax and that caused you to feel down? What came first, the chicken or the egg? I think internally I was going through something already okay. in my own mind. Make that made up. Sometimes you feel like the sky's falling and it's sunny outside. It makes no sense, right? Yes. And you're looking at, and I'm looking at it like, damn, baby, such an ugly, gloomy day. Look at it and you're like. What the fuck are you talking about? It's a full fucking skies are blue. There's yeah. no clouds. It's sunny. But you see the perception? Yeah. That's a very common. People that deal with depression, that's a common way they describe it. It's like you could have everything. That's why people, they're rich. They have it everything. It does not matter. Money. Listen, I always love when people bring up, did he have money? That has nothing to do with it. Robin Williams was loaded rich. He committed suicide. A lot of actors, musicians commit suicide. Yeah, because it, it's not. The, the story in your head plays out differently. Differently. It's not about the circumstances no. of your life really a lot of times it played out like i was just gonna drag you down i was a loser i'm no good to nobody i'm I'm gonna be a detriment on people i don't want no one taking care of me i'm a loser also and i'm gonna remove myself but the xanax made it worse oh my goodness holy shit that pill fuck yeah and i've partied i've done drugs yeah i've done ecstasy i've done molly i've smoked weed never done cocaine i've done ghb i drank uh that's pretty much my extent of my drug use i never did any like crack or nothing crazy microdose of mushrooms never did acid but i handled all that never i always was strong always same thing went to the gym worked out but something in my 40s man i can't it's different now i gotta be i gotta be real careful and you know what's interesting i think when people when we when you talk about your experience with xanax they think abusing xanax like taking 10 xanax pills or something like that that's not what you were doing you were taking literally breaking in half breaking a pill in half yeah. You would take a bite out of one. Yes. Because I, I was in denial. I didn't know until I was addicted. I said, all right, let me just take, take another. a little bit, a little bit, a little bit. bit. And, and you would just do that every day. Xanax Dude, is a, a half-life drug. You oh. are not, you can get addicted to Xanax in just four consecutive days. Your body's already creating a dependency to Xanax. Four consecutive days of using it. It is not a drug that, like when you get a prescription for it, it is not, it's a situational drug. Yes. It is not, not something that you take every day. It's not no. an antidepressant nope. that you take in your day, every day and you build up in your system. Mm-mm. It's a situational when you have an, a panic attack. So when you're taking it, when you're not having a panic attack, it has like the opposite effect. It yeah. doesn't work the way it's supposed to work. Nope. The way Xanax is supposed to work is you're not even supposed to feel it. So if you're having a panic attack, it brings you down in enough to feel normal. So you, you don't really feel anything. You don't feel a high or anything. But if you take it when you're not Sober. in a panic mode, yeah. what does it do? It takes you down. Man. Where does it? Down, down, down. 
and it's uh, over time it'll suppress your serotonin production felt like it felt like it feels like someone dropped me off in the middle of the ocean put a, a weighted vest on me and i just i'm, I'm just trying to keep my breath flow i'm trying to fight to the top it's never getting never breaking the water The weird thing is for me is that you would take and i didn't know that you were abusing xanax just fyi just to give you guys like a i had no idea we had the xanax because of me i am the one who has panic attacks for claustrophobia mm -hmm. so weird scenarios i you know airplane um, when I would get my eyelashes done, I would I have to that. take a little bit of a Xanax because I have a panic attack otherwise. It was very strange, very strange. So I would have those just for that, and I never abused it. Um, and then you would take it every once in a while when you felt like you needed to relax. And then unbeknownst to me, you started taking it more frequent, but it started making you not feel relaxed. It was the opposite. You started feeling antsy and anxious. Oh, and so you... Yeah. So I could turn it to crystal meth from here or some yeah, shit. Yeah, like so weird. It flipped the switch. And then that's what probably, and, and unbeknownst to us at the time, I think you started to figure it out. I didn't know because I didn't know this was happening until. I didn't speak to you about it. No, the end. I hate it. But um, it, it creates like a psychosis yes. in your brain. That's what she called it, the psychiatrist. Yeah, it's like a, a temporary, like a psychosis. I wasn't sleeping. You don't sleep. I wasn't sleeping very well. It did the opposite. It was keeping me up at night. Your heart rate was elevated. So it, it elevated. started to do the opposite effect as yeah. soon as you started to abuse it. All bad. Yeah. I was scared. I'm not going to lie. So, you know, just felt like I don't want to lose everything. I don't want to lose you, lose everything, lose this life. So I said, fuck it. I'm going to remove myself because I won't be able to live with myself if I throw it all down the toilet, which I felt I was doing. Yeah, you felt. And I don't know what, like. You I felt, felt like I was going like to lose everything. I was everything. going to think you were like a druggie. Like, oh, look at my husband. A, a junkie in his 40s. Yeah, I felt shameful because I've never been like, I love food. I love certain things, but I've never been like an addict where no. I fucking need to, you know. No, I mean, that's why it never dawned on me that there was an issue with that. I did start to notice. I, I, I mean, you started acting odd. Yeah. I, I, I just didn't. Looking, looking hindsight's out. twenty twenty. Okay. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure it was. A lot of people will say, like, how did you not know? Hindsight's twenty twenty, but you were definitely starting to act odd. And I was on to something. I knew something was not right and I needed to talk to you about it. But mm -hmm. I was a little scared to approach it because anytime I said something, any little thing, you would kind of like fly off the handle. You know, because like you would be in the middle of the day, like super lazy or like sleep like laid out on the couch and i'd be like you'd fall asleep multiple times during the day and i'd be like you're napping again i would make kind of a comment because i was like i wasn't sleeping through the you? night and that's you would what... get angry yeah but i didn't know you weren't sleeping at night yeah so it was just yeah it was a difficult time plus addicts sure. man addicts are ag snappy we're in denial all addicts i've had addicted friends and they're in denial we're in denial so you look at yourself in the mirror like oh fuck I'm addicted. You see it in your eyes. There's a certain look and it's scary. Yeah, but I would say I, in hindsight, like your mental health deterioration started to happen. It was, I would say, right around your birthday. I would say like in January and then it came to a head in August. So it was like an eight-month crisis, mm. but a slow buildup. And so it wasn't so when things are, when it's a slow, gradual thing, you don't really realize it's happening or you don't really, you know, hindsight yeah. is twenty twenty yeah. for sure. Yeah. I know when a psychiatrist, after I came out of all that and I interviewed her and she had asked me about my mother and I told her, yeah, my mother tried to commit suicide too. She goes, well, unlucky for you, you inherited the gene. I go, of the, whatever trauma she had in her life, she passed it on to you. It's not that she passed on the suicide gene. There's no such thing. as no, the trauma. it's trauma. It's the trauma. Yeah. Let's get that. There's no, it's the trauma. Yeah. So that. Yeah, and she attempted. It, 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 she with, asked in the me the same way but around she, the same age. Yeah, I was already alive. So I was like, "Well, how's that possible?" Because I was already alive. So how could she was just probably times you don't know about when she was a, either a young woman because her life was very hard in Costa Rica, like very hard. But uh, maybe she attempted it back then and wasn't successful. Yeah, maybe thought she, about it, or maybe had the thoughts. Who knows? But it's trauma. Well, that's your there. mom uh, suffered from postpartum depression too. Yeah, but Badly. I can't inherit that though. No, but it's I was already trauma. alive. Yeah, yeah, it's that trauma, like who she was, like a child trauma. Yes, 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 that's in. Yes, that's in. It becomes part of you. Yes, you know. 
and I'm not blaming her. It's not her fault. Love my mother. It's just we sometimes as adults we pass things on our kids. It's just the way the human. Well, you, yeah, your mental health. Like if it's runs, it's a it's runs in families a mm-hmm. lot of times. A lot of times you can point the finger or, or not point the finger, but go do your homework. Like who suffered in your family yeah. and trace it back. Might not even your mom and dad. It could have been the person. You could be your grandparents before that. It's just sometimes it skips. Sometimes it, you know, it's weird. DNA is weird. Yeah, the shit we inherit it definitely is. But mental health, man, it's no joke. No, and you no. never know. It could, you know, it could happen to anybody. Yes, uh, we met him. Famous basketball player, John Wall. Oh yeah, exactly. Dude, you see what he just went through? Ooh. He went through like a mental health Ooh, crisis. He was right? close. He was close yeah. to calling it, and he's super rich, famous just, basketball player, young, money. but lost his mother's best friend. He went through a lot of stuff. You have to read the whole story, but he was close. But now he's speaking on it, which is good. Now more basketball players and athletes are speaking on it. That's good. Fighters. That's important. It's very important, man. It's no joke. We're not looking for sympathy. We're like, oh, poor old me. No, but I a lot of times we don't want sympathy. We, if we don't talk to somebody, as men, it's we it men don't fuck around. We go ways. the other direction. Violence too. I think a lot of times men, their feelings come out, their their feelings come out in violence more than emotion. Like m- women tend to process feelings more in like emotional way. Mm-hmm. And a lot of times men, they're having the same emotions, but theirs comes out more aggressively. Yeah. Just different because we're mm-hmm. different. Yes. You know, but um, I think the more people talk about it and make it like a norm, normalize it, yes. it'll prevent a lot because yes. people will. It's okay to talk about it. I tell people. Down or, I talk to people. At first, I yeah. felt a little shameless. Why? Why? I could be. I could help another guy out. I've had people tell me, "Thank you." I needed to hear this. Like, wow. Yeah. They look at me like, no way. Like, dude, don't let these tattoos fool you. Any and anything inside the cranium, it doesn't matter how tough someone looks. The cranium does the brain, man. The brain is crazy. It's crazy. We, I know. We, no playbook how to control this thing. Yeah. So we definitely we we literally chronicled exactly what went down, like the day your attempted suicide and all of that in an episode i'm going to try to find it and link it in the show notes so it won't so it won't be so difficult for you guys to find it but we shared it a lot at that yeah. time but that is all i have that's all the questions thank you guys so much those were some good questions hopefully good questions. You, interesting uh, yeah. got the answers you were looking for and <laughs> we didn't bore you but yeah everybody has their own you know definition yeah, of things for sure all right you guys thank you so much we'll see you on the next one see you